Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Alex Lee, Director at Fintech Northern Ireland. Hi, how are you doing, Alex? Oh, I'm doing really well, thanks, Ronan. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Now, tell me, what does Fintech Northern Ireland do, Fintech and I? Well, Fintech and I is an industry association, um, so we're made up of a range of participants in the ecosystem, uh, the Fintech ecosystem here in Northern Ireland. We're, we're a not-for-profit organisation, um, so we've got no full-time employees, and, and most people involved, like me, uh, are doing this alongside their other day jobs or, or off the side of their desk. So uh, we rely on the generous donation of both time and, and sponsorship from our members. Uh, in terms of our members, that they come from right across the fintech ecosystem. And I may, Ronan, just talk about that ecosystem in terms of how we define fintech. Yeah. Um, we have, of course, got fintech startup and scale-up companies um, but we don't have that many of those here in, in Northern Ireland uh, compared to other regions and certainly in the Republic. Yeah. We've got a lot of technology providers and software providers who are targeting financial services, so they're a key part of our ecosystem. Uh, and we've got a lot of incumbent banks and insurers uh, looking to embrace digital technology. Uh, and also we, we've got some fairly prominent education skills providers, accelerators and incubators who are supporting fintech firms and finally, we've got those folks who are funding fintech companies, so venture capital companies and professional investors. So all of those different participants are involved in fintech and I, and we're a group of about 20 or so member member companies. And simply what we're about is, is trying to support and champion local fintech firms here in any way we can, really. And our goal is to try and position Northern Ireland not only as an attractive destination for fintech, um, but also we'd like to collaborate nationally and internationally to establish Northern Ireland as a credible fintech hub on a global stage. So that's what we're about. And I guess you're also involved a lot in blockchain and cryptocurrencies as well. Yeah, in fact, um, PwC have their global blockchain centre of excellence is, is actually run out of, of Northern Ireland here in Belfast. So, um, you know, that's certainly one of the hotbeds uh, for them, uh, both globally and for us locally. So, yeah, that's that's certainly a key part of our ecosystem. It's good to hear. Now, right now we're facing COVID-19. How is it impacting on what you, you do at the moment? Oh, look, like um, pretty much every corner of the business world right now, Ronan, it, it's had a very, very significant impact uh, on, our, on the focus for FinTech Northern Ireland over the last three months. At the start of the year, we, we had a goal really to try and showcase, um, you know, what, what we could offer in fintech in Northern Ireland on a national stage. And in fact, we were due to, due to host a very significant showcase conference event in Belfast in June. Yeah. Uh, we were due to have all of the other regional fintech associations in the UK come here, along with Innovate Finance, the national member body for fintech in the UK and the FCA and Treasury. So, we were expecting 300 people to Belfast in June to showcase what we could offer in fintech. Now, clearly, that's not possible in the current environment. Um, and our agenda has shifted pretty significantly because of COVID-19. So instead, what, what we're focused on at Fintech Northern Ireland right now is what financial support and assistance 
do firms in the local fintech ecosystem need to, to get through this crisis? And what support do they need locally and, and what support do they need nationally? So we're pretty engaged, I guess you, you'd say, on the policy agenda with government um, and working alongside the other fintech associations in the UK. We're engaging with Innovate Finance uh, and Treasury and we've had quite a bit of impact in terms of some of the financial assistance measures available to fintech firms, so the bounce-back loans uh, and the Future Fund scheme in particular. We, we've had quite a bit of impact into to make sure that's accessible to some of our member firms. Uh, and, of course, our local regional uh, investment agency, Invest Northern Ireland, has been really active as well about providing uh, support and assistance to, to local firms um, you know, as everybody knows, cash flow is, is king right now. So anything we can do to help those firms extend their cash flow runway. So de- definitely COVID-19 resulted in, in a very significant shift in emphasis for us right now. And I guess it's created opportunities and threats as well and challenges. So what would they be? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the challenges and, the, you know, there's, there's a lot been written about the challenges running. So I, I probably won't dwell on those too much. I'd rather you know, focus on the opportunities. Yeah. But the challenges for the fintech ecosystem here would be the same, you know, for, for any other region. You know, most firms focused on protecting their employees, trying to protect their revenue, trying to reduce their cost base, trying to extend their cash flow runway. So pr- pretty common to most firms uh, wherever you are right now, I think. Um, I, I think it's also worth, you know, reflecting, Ronan, that fintech was was largely born out of the last crisis, you know, the financial crisis in 2008. Yeah. Uh, you can point to an explosion of fintech um, after that crisis. And in fact, there's already evidence in this crisis that it's accelerating the shift to more digital and online only financial services models. So there's greater adoption and usage of fintech. So this this crisis, we're going to see more, not less demand for fintech, I think. In terms of the specific opportunities that this crisis has presented, I may run and just take the opportunity to talk about our ecosystem here a little bit, if that's okay. And we recently launched a view of that ecosystem, uh, a map, if you like, of the fintech ecosystem in Northern Ireland. And if folks go online, uh, they can find a version of that map at our LinkedIn site at Fintech and I. As I said, it's fair to say within our ecosystem, we've got fewer pure play fintech firms, certainly when you compare it to the Republic and other regions in the UK. We've got quite a small incumbent financial services sector, so less banks and insurers to play with. But we've got a large number of technology and software companies who are targeting the financial services sector, you know, alongside other sectors. So they're also, you know, playing in the public sector and, and, and med tech as well. But We've got a lot of them have realised that there's a great demand for their technology in financial services. And we've got some really strong technology clusters in reg tech, in artificial intelligence and in cyber security. Those are the three clusters I'd point to where we've got some world leading capabilities. So to come back to your question, and sorry, it was a long winded way of answering it. What are the opportunities? Well, those three technologies particularly are in much greater demand as a result of this COVID-19 crisis. So cybersecurity in, in particular with, with the vast majority of payments moving to online and digital payments now, cybersecurity is, has gone from a top five priority for most banks to the number one priority for most banks. 
and RegTech as well, you know, helping companies move their regulatory reporting requirements in, into an online capacity and artificial intelligence in terms of greater workforce automation and moving into the more skilled um, uh, functions for, for financial services companies. So I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that you know our ecosystem here will see more demand for its services as a result of this crisis. And that's not to downplay you know the short-term pressure it's, it's putting on on every firm right now, but there should be more demand for what they do, not less uh, coming out of this crisis, I think, Ronan. Yeah. And I guess something like blockchain is going to be used more in the security end now than it has been before because of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're starting to see much more interest in that um, from the larger global banks in particular. Uh, And again, you know, I think everybody's looking at uh, applications as this technology matures and I think people get more comfortable with it, particularly around the security aspects of it. I do I do feel we'll see blockchain uh, moving beyond the sort of cryptocurrency debate, which has largely been around speculating to date uh, into, you know, how banks can use this around processing ledger transactions. Um, you know, that, that, that that's a really strong use case around that. And I think that's where the focus seems to be at the moment. Yeah, and also I'm thinking of basically people now are, are paying via their phone or their watch rather than, than cash anymore. So any technology or, that can help that is going to be a boon as well. Definitely, you know, the, the rapid, um, you know, increase in, in digital payments, as you say, yeah. has, has meant that, you know, the online payments industry and all of the fintech payments companies, uh, you know, there's much greater demand. And I know certainly in the Republic, um, when I look at your fintech ecosystem there, you know, it's got real strength in, in the payments arena. So that's 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 great news for, for the ecosystem in the Republic, I think. Yeah, for me, like, I used to go now and again, like, now and again I go to my local corner shop for the odd thing once in Blue Moon. And rather than use my card, I can use my watch and just click on the watch and, it can, and I can just hold it in the screen and pay things. And that to me is great because you don't have to worry about your car touching any machines or anything else. It's not touching anything else that you don't really have to touch, which is great. And your wallet is not taking money back, etc. So I think in the long term, that's what we're going to be doing a lot more of that. Yeah, contactless payments. You know, I mean, it's the norm now, isn't it? It Um, is. And, you know, I think it's just going to accelerate the death of cash and notes and coins. But contactless payments is actively encouraged. We've seen the payment limits increase. We've seen more people using uh, paying via the mobile devices now so they don't have to carry a wallet or carry cards. Yeah. So more and more people um, you know, are embracing this contactless payments and, and, and realising that's fintech. You know, Some of them using contactless payments previously perhaps hadn't, hadn't appreciated that, um, but it's certainly, you know, it's certainly part of this new normal. Yeah, and now you're seeing certain banks are now wishing... They haven't done this before. Why haven't done it sooner? Because they haven't got that embedded in their systems yet. And other banks do. And the banks that have got it in there are the ones that are going to do very well out of this. Yeah, and and indeed the challenger banks. Yeah. Um, as you know, because many of the challenger banks, the, the Monzo's, Revolut's, Darlings, um, who, who are set up on a, on a digital-only model, so they have no physical footprint. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they were started out of card-based payments companies. That's that's you know their origins where they started. Yeah. And good to see, you know, the recent numbers out last week that Revolut in Ireland is you know is rapidly encroaching on 
uh, as to be one of the largest uh, you know, banking uh, and money service providers yeah. in the Republic now, which is great. Yeah, they're offering things other banks don't offer, and, and the banks are probably getting scared now because they're always late to adopt new technologies, which, which is a shame. Yeah, and it's difficult, and certainly, you know, as I said, we have a number of banks represented in our fintech ecosystem and, and in fintech NI up here, and they, they are genuinely interested in the new technology, but given the legacy system challenges they have, you know, that's that's the problem is how do you apply and deploy some of these new technologies when, when you've got these huge, you know, myriad of, of legacy systems to deal with. Yeah, and also when you've got, a, when you've got banks, they're not really uh, very happy to deal with cryptocurrencies yet because they don't know where they're going and they're, they're afraid of getting fingers burnt as well. That's right. And, you know, you're hard-pressed at the minute to find a bank uh, who will let you, uh, you know, take some money out of your crypto account and put it back in your bank account. I mean, many of them, um, again, largely out of anti-money laundering concerns, are very reluctant to play to play with crypto companies at the minute. But again, I think as the technology matures and we can address some of those um, some of those financial crime issues that, you know, we will we will get there. Because I guess 10 years ago, banks weren't thinking about digital, digital and going online as such. Now they've embraced that. I think in 10 years' time, you'll see them more embracing uh, crypto and blockchain and other technologies as well. Yeah, look, I, 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 definitely, I definitely think they will. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're moving from technology and fintech having an impact just in the consumer payments areas of the business right through to the core you know, the core parts of banking um, in terms of money service providers, I, I definitely will start to see more fintech activity in that space in the years to come. Yeah. Now, at the moment, uh, we've, we, we've started coming into a new norm of remote working. Will that become a permanent fixture in the Northern Ireland fintech sector? Yeah, look, I, I think the new normal will, will feature a continuation of, of remote working, Ronan. It definitely reduced business travel, reduced attendance at conferences and events. And certainly, I think it's going to be a feature in the business world for quite some time to come. And and I know talking to a number of our member firms, uh, fintech firms here in Northern Ireland, many of them believe that this could become you know more permanent. So it's not just a, a transitionary phase. I think it's particularly true for fintech firms, Ronan. You know, many of these firms set themselves up on a purely digital remote model anyway. You know, very, very few of them have a physical footprint or a physical presence. Some of them, or many of them, are in co-working spaces, but very few have, have their own, own dedicated offices. So they've managed this transition to virtual working really seamlessly, actually. And it's been interesting to see, again, if I use the example of the Challenger Banks, uh, have pretty much continued business as usual. Uh, and, and, and we're able to move to that very, very quickly. So I think in, in formatting that sort of post-COVID-19 strategy, I think many companies now are questioning the need for expensive office space, for any expensive physical footprint. They're questioning the need for expensive physical face time and travel to the major fintech hubs like, like Dublin and London. Um, and of course, for us in Northern Ireland, it's of particular importance because some of our firms have felt, you know, the remoteness from London and Dublin has, has been a disadvantage in the past. Well, I can tell you that m many of them don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. With remote work working as the norm, now, you know, not a disadvantage anymore. Um, 
so for them it's sort of shattered any sort of regional boundaries or constraints of physical distance that used to be there so again many of them uh, are planning to operate on this basis for the foreseeable future I think and I guess if for example you can get them with structure pace for broadband speeds to be high enough in people's homes or, or up or remote hubs there won't be an issue because you've got fast speeds yeah that's right I think I think uh, there's been quite a bit of scrutiny on broadband speeds and everybody's been trying to tune the home office and usage of, of, of broadband in, uh, to make sure that, that uh, you know, you, you're able to operate uh, on this remote basis. But I think we, we might start to see the emergence of more localised hubs or co-working spaces. So not just in the city centre, uh, uh, you know, conurbations that we've got and we've got quite a few co-working spaces um, in Belfast, for example. We've yeah. got three or four now. But I think you might start to see some more localised co-working spaces where people are only travelling a very short distance from home. Again, as I think companies reevaluate the need for big big city central office locations. Yeah. Now, also, just that Northern Ireland is a popular question for the fintech sector. Well, why is this and will that continue uh, with COVID? Yeah, so we, we, we have been um, getting a bit of coverage for our fintech sector here recently, as you say. Um, why is that and, and will that continue post-COVID? Well, let, let me answer the first question. Why is it? Well, you know, firstly, I think it's around skills. We've got two really strong universities here who've been really engaged around the technology agenda for a long time. Um, and actually, a lot of our uh, skills and clusters have emerged out of the universities, actually. And one of them, Ulster University, um, is launching a fintech postgraduate, a dedicated fintech postgraduate course this September. Uh, and that's one of the first universities anywhere in the UK to to do that. So, we, you know, the skills and talent we have here has, has definitely been a factor. I think, secondly, the, the access to startup capital. Um, we've had really strong support from our local regional development agency, InvestNI, and they've got a really strong track record of co-investing with private investors in early stage tech companies. Um, so, you, you know, we've seen a good um, a scheme of, of new fintechs coming through uh, with with reasonably good access to startup capital. And the third th- reason, I think, is we've, we've got a great network of, as I mentioned, digital hubs here. So, you know, a number of accelerators, a number of co-working spaces, a number of incubation programs, so a lot of choice for fintechs. Uh, and, you know, worth remembering, we, we've got one of the first dedicated fintech, physical fintech hubs that was established outside of London. Um, Danske Bank uh, here in, in Belfast gave over the majority of their flagship city centre branch and converted that to a fintech hub, and, and that was done back in 2018. So, you know, there's a, there's a great working environment um, for, for fintech companies. So those three things, I think, point to, you know, why we've got a flourishing fintech ecosystem here. And I think all three of those are still going to be strengths, you know, in this post-COVID-19 world, definitely. You know, the, the access to the skills will be more important and with a reduction of boundaries of really not, not you know, not, not muttering as much as it did where those people are, you know, that's going to become a, a, a more important strength. The access to capital, particularly important right now, you know, and, and the new future fund that was announced by Treasury to support startups, 
Well, that's a co-investment model that our, our uh, regional development agency, Invest in I, has been doing for many, many years. So we, we've got you know really good experience of supporting fintechs on that model here. So I'm 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 optimistic that we'll you know our fintech sector will continue to grow, you know, despite the challenges this crisis has thrown up for them. That sounds interesting, and uh, I think basically you're going to see a lot more companies if they realise that they don't spend the expense of having an office. They're more inclined to invest locally in their teams. I help them with a local uh, uh, startup hope or help them with uh, their broadband or anything else they might need. Yeah, definitely. It's you know that, that it, it, it'd be great to see the reallocation of money, you know, to, to, to the employees and supporting the employees' working environments on a more local basis rather than these very expensive, you know, city centre office locations. Um, and, and in fact, I, I think we're already starting to see that. And again, fortunately, mo- most of our fintechs are are in a sort of co-working space environment, so you know they're they're not locked into um, at high fixed costs or, or, or property leases in the long term. So I think you might see some of those companies being the first to adopt this new way of working. Yeah, and if most of them are startups, they've been used to working in small office space from the beginning. So for them to do this isn't really a no isn't really a big big deal for them or no brainer. Yeah, that, exactly right, Ronan. As I yeah. say, they, they've they've managed to transition to this remote working pretty seamlessly. As you say, it's it's been modus operandi for them from day one. Yeah, and I, I know that in Open Dublin, I've seen a lot of startups, and most time they're working. There's Bank of Ireland have a thing called the workbench, where certain branches you go in, and you you can use the free hot desk space for the day. I've seen a few fintechs working off there and there, and and they've been telling me, right now we don't need an office because everything we have is here, for the moment, which is great. Yeah, look, and let's hope more. Yeah. You know, large companies embrace that. Um, as I say, Danske have embraced that by giving over most of their branch space in in their flagship branch to a fintech hub. Um, you know, we'd we'd love to see more of that going on. Yeah, because to me, when I see that, and I've been to a few branches that do this. It's great because when you go to this branch, during their time they're a working bank, and part of the of the, of the area is is for normal banking activities, but a large part of it is basically we go in and there's free teas, free coffees, once a week there's free pastries, and you can go. I can go in there and sit down and work away, and they don't ask any, any questions at all. Let you do it, do your do your thing. And a lot of companies I know are based out there for the moment until they can find someone permanent, and it's saving them money and also. They get never more because if you're networking people from different uh, sectors and different startups in the same building, there's more chances you get in business or making new clients. I, th- I think that's right, and also you know when, when I talk to the banks and, and again using Danska again specifically when I talk to them when they set up their fintech hub, you know why they were why they were doing it, what what was in it for them, and they were more interested actually that some of the innovation. An entrepreneurship they would see from these fintech companies would rub off on on the core people working in the bank. So for them, it was it was trying to get some cultural transformation from these startups back into the bank. Uh, so you know, it is definitely a, a, a two way street. Yeah, and also I think for them it's a win because if if somebody who's in there does very well, they can always mention, oh, yeah, we started off in in uh, Danske Bank's uh, fintech hub. Yeah, it's a win win. And in Dublin, we're getting Definitely, that as well. 
I've seen a lot of companies, and sometimes when a company does very well and they're they're actually launching their business properly, I've seen them actually uh, launch their business properly in the actually in that in that in that hub, which is great as well. Yeah, look, and I think I think you know in the early days of fintech, Ronan, there was this narrative of fintechs disrupting banks. Yeah, but I think you know we've we've moved well beyond that now, and you know everybody realizes that it's about partnering with banks and, and large incumbent financial services players. And most fintechs realize that they need to do that in order to scale and be successful. And again, if we take the payment sector in particular, and, and again, I know there's particular strengths in payments you know, around, around Dublin, uh, behind most of these successful payments companies, there's at least one bank you know, doing, doing the money transmission. So you know, it's all about partnering with the banks now, not necessarily trying yeah. to compete or disrupt the banks. And I guess some banks are now realising they want to actually uh, be in a sector they haven't been in before. And for them to get to uh, to get up to speed in, in that, it's going to take them a while. So they might partner with somebody else who's already doing that very well, and then they've got, they're in there, which is great. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think that'll be, you know, one, one thing we'll see as a result of this crisis uh, running for me will be more partnerships um, and, and that's partnerships not just between you know the incumbent banks and insurance and fund managers and fintechs but also partnerships between fintech companies I think you're going to see a lot more collaboration uh, around them trying to bring services to market more quickly yeah and I, I was thinking of, of regtech that's going to be very important now for banking so banks can get involved with a, somebody who's already doing that it's a boon for them because they don't spend so much time doing research and getting prepped for this. Absolutely. And, you know, I talked about the last crisis, the financial crisis in 2008, and the wave of regulation that came in for, 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 for anybody in financial services post that period has meant that compliance and risk became, you know, the largest single cost item for most. And RegTech is helping them to automate a lot of that in terms of particularly their regulatory reporting requirements, their cybersecurity requirements, their GDPR requirements. So the more of that they can automate, you know, the more they can free up the cash uh, to deploy, uh, you know, on the the growth agenda. So um, I I think, you know, we've seen a huge explosion in RegTech. And again, I, I, I point to some real strength in RegTech on the island of Ireland, actually, both north and south of the border, you know, Ireland has, has, has got some really, really strong reg tech companies, many of whom have established a pretty credible position in the UK and beyond. Yeah, because uh, we've, we've noticed people in the past are now doing very well in America because of this, which is great to see. Yeah, yeah, huge market, yeah. you know, biggest banking market in the world. A bit more challenging, though, in that um, because it's a state-based banking system over there, unlike UK and Ireland, where there's one central bank and yeah. one central set of regulations, you've, you've got 52 sets of regulations in in the different states. So it's it's a bit more challenging, but but sure, it's it's the largest market in the world. So you know, no no surprise that many of our reg tech firms, you know, are trying to crack that market. Yeah, and I'm sure they will do because right now that's that's a market that's going to be uh, very important for the next five to ten years. Very very key in what's going on in the fintech area. Yeah. Yeah, definitely for sure. Because I can see, I, I can see banks now realizing we have to, we have to be uh, be in this area because the future is this, and we we can't be relying on what we've done in the past. We got to think, where can we go from now? 
and they're going to think RegTech and blockchain are going to be two big, big areas you have to be involved in. And maybe in a long-term crypto, but I, I see more so blockchain and, and uh, RegTech being the areas I want to get into right now. Yeah, I'd say they're definitely the shorter-term priorities um, for crypto. And I still think, personally, there's a use case for, for, for crypto. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, in terms of certainly having one, one currency that's available internationally and no foreign exchange risk. But, it, you know, it's been dominated by the speculators to date, um, most of whom have, have lost, you know, huge amounts of money and there's been a lot of fraud. So once, once we move beyond that speculation phase around crypto, and we see proper use cases around money transmission, around savings, around investments. Then, then I definitely think it'll be it'll be back on the agenda in the medium term. Yeah, and uh, just before we finish, any how can uh, collaboration between Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland fintech systems be improved? Yeah, well, look, we're, we're particularly interested in collaboration at fintech and I. As I said right at the start, running, it's you know one of yeah. our objectives is is to try and collaborate with the other um, fintech uh, ecosystems, you know, in the UK and in the Republic as well. So we, we do spend quite a bit of time doing that. If I talk about the UK first and then I talk about the Republic, yeah. um, uh, lastly, in the UK we've established this thing called the Fintech National Network. So all the regional fintech associations, Fintech Scotland, Fintech Wales, Fintech North, Fintech West, um, you know, we collaborate together quite well and, uh, and that's that, that's chaired by Innovate Finance, who are the UK national membership association for for fintech. So we we meet and talk regularly, and it's been great to see that it, it is real collaboration there. So we're not trying to compete with each other. Uh, we're not trying trying to outdo London, which is you know still definitely the centre for fintech in the UK. We're more about understanding you know the relative strengths and weaknesses of the different regions and, and trying to promote those. Uh, rather than trying to compete with each other. In terms of the Republic, um, again, we're, we're really aware of, 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 um, of the fintech ecosystem down there. So we know the, the folks at Fintech Ireland well. Uh, and in fact, I, I've been involved with them um, over the last number of years. And we know the folks at the Fintech Payments uh, Association for Ireland, the FPAI, quite well. And we're a regular attendee at those events. So we, we are trying to get more cross-border collaboration, but I, I think there's an imperative post-Brexit for, for us to do more of that, definitely. Um, you know, we are, we are seeing, uh, you know, a lot of interest in, in establishing a presence in Dublin and becoming authorised in Ireland in particular as a way to stay to operate within Europe. So a number of UK firms definitely looking to Ireland uh, as 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 a base in order to do that, um, I think around cross border funding as well. You know, again, we, we we've got a, a good VC network here in Northern Ireland, but there's a much bigger VC industry down in Dublin. Um, some much you know some some large pan European firms down there. So many of our Northern Ireland fintechs for their latest stages of funding um, do look to Dublin. I know uh, in terms of getting financial backing. And also on the private investing side, I know that the South is has a longer track record around uh, angel investors operating in syndicates, and you've got some pretty mature technology syndicates around around in in the Republic. Not one focused on fintech yet. Um, there's some focused around other particular 
um, you know, MedTech uh, in particular. But, you know, let's hope we can get a FinTech um, angel uh, syndicate going um, because that will certainly be of interest here. And, and then I think um, just having support for um, recognising the strengths of the different sorts of firms we've got in the south versus in the north, as I said, you know, several times, you know, there's a really strong payments uh, cluster of fintechs in the south uh, and a really strong cluster around alternative finance providers in the south as well. Up here, we're, we're, we're more strengths in regtech, in artificial intelligence, in cybersecurity. So, you know, very, very complementary. So there's no need for, for, for us to be competing with firms in the south. There's actually more for us to benefit if we were to collaborate with firms in the south, I think. Yeah. Because uh, I can see in the long term, in, like in the, in the moment in Ireland, we have certain areas of the country or certain hubs. So, for example, uh, if if you look at somewhere like Galway, Galway is a medtech hub. If medtech hub area, if you go down to Cork, it, it's a it's a basically security hub. And I can see somewhere like in future, Northern Ireland becoming our uh, Belfast, particularly becoming basically for all of Ireland do be our, our uh, it could be just basically a fintech hub. And it can compete with yeah. the. It can work in the UK and also the Irish uh, ecosystems in tech as well. Yeah, we, we we get a lot of interest from from some of the southern fintech firms. You know, we, we see a lot of them come to Belfast. Um, you know, we the UK the FCA is one of the more friendly regulators around the world to deal with. Um, they're more one of the advanced forward thinking regulators when it comes to deploying new technology and digital only models that. Mm. A lot of these fintechs are thinking about, and you know they've been operating this sandbox um, model for a number of years now, where they're bringing fintechs in um, and letting them play without any regulatory permission. So we've we've got a pretty forward-thinking regulator um, that's attracted a lot of interest from. Certainly, I know a lot of the fintechs in the south. Yeah, and I, I think basically that's the future. If we can have basically uh, more closely aligned with Northern South on this area and, and more or less working together on this, it could be great for you guys. Absolutely. For us, it's the best of both. And again, I think, you know, I've come back to Brexit. Um, yeah. Having a presence in Europe will still be important. Um, you know, the UK is a big market, but Europe's a much bigger market. Um, so that's, that's you know, a very, a very critical reason why we need to do more of that collaboration, I think. Yeah, and also for a company that's based in the South, if they open an office from Belfast, and Belfast is anywhere in Northern Ireland, they think of the opportunity of accessing the UK market as well, which is very important. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So let's hope wherever we get to on, on the Brexit arrangement um, that it does offer us a bit of arbitrage of the best of both worlds. I mean, I think I think that's what most of us here in Northern Ireland are hoping for. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, because I, I, I can see a bright future if that works out because... You can you have your foot in Europe, and also we have your people can have their foot also in in the UK as well, which is great. Yeah, best of both worlds. I mean yeah. that, that that would be ideal, and in fact that was one of the early proposals. Um, but we we seem to be coming back around towards that now, um, and that that would be a real boon for fintech companies, you know, to to establish it in Belfast, which means you can play uh, in Europe uh, and you can play in the UK. Yeah, and for us in Ireland, because uh, basically the UK and London is a very, very big uh, financial area. If you have not, if you have a, a base that can actually openly get access to that, if you can't from Belfast, Northern Ireland, that's what you'll need to do. It'll be great to have that as well. 
yeah, couldn't agree more, Ron. Couldn't agree more. So, is there anything else we got the podcast, Alex? Or I think you think you've said enough. No, <clears throat> look. So uh, again, many thanks for the opportunity, and probably just leave it on a on a on a bright note. You know, I think I think the future is bright for the fintech uh, ecosystem here in Northern Ireland. You know, we're we're all pretty challenged right now. Um, most of the companies are, are getting good support to get them through this crisis. I think we're all starting to think about this new normal, and actually, there's there's there's, there's a lot of opportunity for our fintech companies in this new normal world. So we're we're pretty optimistic about the future for them. Thanks so much for that, Alex, and uh, have a great day and good luck in the future. Thanks to you, Ron. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.